Hi, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Mark, I'm going to go straight into the questions. We've got a lot of questions from members today. The first one is from Vanessa. She says, hi Mark, she's got a warm blood Peugeot gelding who was very shut down when she bought him. She did a clinic with you um, this earlier this year and which was fabulous. And they've been improving together since. Her husband was in the yard though with the whippersnipper a few days ago when she was saddling up. He got really jumpy and tense at the noise and it transferred through to his whole ride. He seemed to hold the anxiety so much worse than she'd seen him before. And it took her almost 30 minutes of work to get on the ground before she got on, which she was she had come down to five or 10 minute process. And then on the ride, he skedaddled on her twice when he heard like a noise behind him, it was a bird or a truck. The next day he was absolutely fine, um, not hyper reactive and they had a great ride. She'd like to know, could she have done something better if this type of situation occurs again? Um, yeah, Vanessa, it's a, it's a, it's always a tricky one and it's kind of, kind of the one that troubles people the most in the sense that the horse gets elevated and then it's very hard to sort of connect with them to help them through or get them back into a better place and then the next day you ride, yeah, I have a good ride so it's hard um, and sometimes feels a little unpredictable but it just showed you that um, for for your horse the whippersnipper you know sort of made him feel very very unsafe and basically um, he couldn't find a comfortable spot after that um, I guess the key and one of the things you get better at in um, dealing with this um, you know, so you know, you, some people would get their horse. Their horse will be anxious, and they'll go and do half an hour, an hour groundwork before they can do anything with them. But sometimes, um, being very good at distracting your horse is the key, um, and showing them the pathway sooner, so they can come into a come, be, you know, bring themselves into a better spot. Now, if you know your horse pretty well, what what'll happen is. Um, maybe there's times that when he's like that you wouldn't take him out on a ride hoping to help him on a ride you might have to just work on helping helping him out getting him into a better headspace and spending just a little bit of time with you however it may be in a pretty good headspace maybe while that scary things around um and then that will slowly build into a better foundation that he goes well um uh, you know you'll get more tools at distracting and helping him he'll start to feel better with the connection he's got with you and feeling safe with you then maybe when things like whippersnippers are there then you can take him out on a ride and and, and also help him through but it, you know if it's a horse that you're sort of evolving with and, and and helping become a really good horse with a good foundation um then your priority is to get him into to a good headspace so so basically be good at your distraction techniques opposed to you know just doing groundwork so you know when he was really worried about the whippersnipper um, that's when I would sort of say don't worry about that I would distract his thought off that very quickly and then I'd be there and I'd be very calm and just trying to get him into that calm headspace that uh, that he's with you um, and every time he kind of gets a little bit uh, worried and anxious because what's happening is he's just thinking whippersnipper 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 so in in horse language sometimes when something's that threatening that's when they go into flight mode so he's thinking i just want to get away from it okay so the only way today really two ways that you can help him is either take him right away from the whippersnipper and connect with him or have a distraction that's big enough to break his thought from that and horses 
are very easy if you're effective with it to change their thought um, some some are hard but but most horses if you're you're effective enough with your distraction you can distract him so you may have seen me at clinics just pop a flag or or do something that's very quick um, but very effective and it's and by the time the horse is looking at you that that distraction's gone and you're there and you'll say hey follow this into you know that's when you might get him to lead a little up to you sniff on you feel on you a little bit and go oh, okay i'm safe with you and then when his mind starts to go whippersnipper 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 you go take that thought away here i am and then and then you might when his thoughts with you you could do something uh like take him away from it yourself so he follows your feel and leadership into a better place because you don't want him to think every time he's worried he thinks well i've got to i've got to sort myself out here and get out of here he, you want him to look into you for help not look into the distance and go i just got to get away regardless of where the person is so 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 the distraction is only there again to 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 to, to follow your feel and your direction into a better place so what i would tend to do is if i distracted a horse that was really worried about something then i'd say hey change your thought now let's go over here away from the whippersnipper and he'd go oh wow she took me away from that um and instead of like going into flight mode and just running away from it willy-nilly i just followed the feel of the herd and, and and you being the herd you know so instead of him being around running off he just goes oh well i'm worried but i'm just trying to follow the calm direction of the herd because some horses run around in a panic where another one will just walk over there and go well, i'm just might walk over here away from that and they will react differently so you're the calm one that he follows your leadership and then feels good about that so you've just got to work on that quite often and sometimes yeah if he's really up there don't take him on a ride and let him spend half an hour an hour jumping at everything because that's like an hour sometimes to me that the horses felt pretty ordinary and there are horses that sometimes i used to think wet saddle blankets would help them and just you know expose you but um, they actually didn't get any better it was actually dealing with that specific problem that helped them get over it so yeah good luck <laughs> next question is from michelle michelle says she's got a horse that when she rugs him he's fine but she asked her daughter and hubby to do it the other day and they said he kicked out at them when they tried to do the leg straps he is used to rugging she asked what's the best way to handle this growl at him or get the kids to do some movement on the ground with him to build up a relationship um yeah, with, with that, that scenario, the hardest thing when I answer a question, you know, I guess a written question like this without without viewing the, the, the horse and how it sees people is that horse may be one of those horses that's kind of, as I say, technically fine with rugging but feeling pretty ordinary about it all the time. So I come across a lot of, you know, they're not all the way shut down horses, but they're horses that just go, oh, I reside to the fact that I've got to get a rug on. Um, but if they're in a slightly bad mood, or things are bothering them then their personal space is sort of bigger and then if they were putting up with the rug because of past trained obedience but they never really quite liked it then some of them get a bit confident and start to kick and show signs of you know aggression now if he's normally fine with the rug and it was because different people were doing it like when you know when your husband went up to do it um then maybe he's going well this is a different person and i don't really like the rug and i'm gonna have an opinion and that's probably you know could be the problem which means um there should be there could be though he's obedient with the rug most times 
there could be an underlying, you know, mistrust with with people and also um, him, him not liking getting a rug put on him. So um, in that scenario, I would go back to... Um, there's two. There's a few ways you can look into it. If there's one way where you approach the horse, and if you see any signs of shutting down, a little bit of anger or anything like this, you stop and wait till the horse softens, and then when the horse softens in this expression, you step back a little and show the horse that you know I'm 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 listening to you communicating with me. I'm not just going to barge into your space, and that is important for you you know your whole family to learn. The catch is, is some horses if 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 you if everyone's not sort of savvy with it the horse can sometimes say get out i don't want you in here and start to go oh, i can control these people so listening to horse listening to a horse that's that's a scenario of you listening to your horse to make it feel better so you can get in and approach it in in all areas in most cases if you do it in the right way which is i approach my horse the horse softens i step back and then i approach again i wait for the horse to soften if the horse has a hard expression i'm not going to go or say the horse gets a hard expression and you're walking towards it you don't just step back when it gets a hard hard oppression and then approach because you basically um told the horse that when it has a hard thought towards you you'll step back so that could turn into as i say if it was misread by other people and that is the horse's controlling you and that says well i've got power over you so i can and then that could build into more strength of character which could you know become dangerous so basically you see a hard hard you see a change of expression when you're when you're walking up to your horse you stop you say i've, I've noticed that i'm not going to um, push into your bubble and when the horse goes you've noticed that hmm okay and they soften then i would step back and reward them for softening but you're not going to back down to any hard expressions and then you would approach your horse in different areas like that. Experiment with that and you might learn some things off your horse. Now with a nervous horse, or just for everybody else so they don't just take that as a, as a you know, fix all thing. Uh, with a nervous horse, it's kind of mistrusting of people. As soon as you see a nervous expression, it's like, whoa, a scary person, then you step back. Because those horses would help more with your stepping back straight away. Um, but uh, the horse that has a hard expression, you'd probably stand, hold your ground till the expression softens. So... Um, but the frightened horses definitely step back as soon as they they go. Oh, what's that? And that because sometimes holding there is just still a little bit too much for those nervous ones. So going back to the rugging and things like that. So that's uh, I I'd, I'd, I'd approach your horse on both sides, and at different angles, and just find out a little bit more about your horse and if he holds hard expressions or not and things like that. And then just get him to get soft and calm. And after a while, he'll start to accept you going right down his sides, and that could be one part of the um part you know. Of, of instead of having just an obedient horse he's as a horse that's accepting of you in there um, and you can still have the obedience but a soft acceptance of you in their space and then and then the other things i'd start to work on is i'd work on moving him and stopping him and find out if there's any areas watching out of the corner of my eye that he gets quite nervous about or and then you might approach those areas when you first see the sign this is when you're handling him down the back and everything like that down the down the down the back end and anywhere anywhere you find down the back legs You'll stop when you see him get a little kind of hard or nervous you'll wait and then when he softens a little you'll just take your hand away and say oh that's it that's good and then you just work on that too you can soften all him over the whole body and then basically it's kind of doing the same thing with the rug but then there's another part of training that's you listening to your horse there's another part which is 
the horse making a change instead of you making all the changes like I just just explained so you're making a change till the horse makes a change but this is maybe distracting or doing something with the horse so say for instance it's the, you're in a position where the horse got a little bit of a hard expression uh, you could pick up a lead and say back up move forward a little or step over here and just change their thought a little bit and, and get them to do something different that that basically turns from a hard thought into a thoughtful thought into a softer thought if anyone can understand that so basically the horse is hard and he's looking at you know back there or well, what are they doing back there and then you say hey step forward he goes oh step forward and then you might step him back and step forward till he's thinking about that and then his hard expression goes away and he's more you know and then you kind of used a bit of distraction so basically you can get a lot of problems fixed with that um so yeah find out any areas and handle them that are sort of have hard expressions and also use a bit of distraction so when he wants to kick or anything like that um, and, and you do if you kind of worked on everything else and you still think there's some problems in there then you can just change his thought sometimes I even if I don't have anything there I just clap my hand on my leg and it'll just shock the horse enough to go oh what happened but you don't get aggressive and you know if your growl is an aggressive growl you're going to at the horse you, you don't want to you don't want to chastise the horse so, so it wouldn't necessarily growl but if you went like that and the horse went oh what was that well the growl would be okay because it's more of a distraction than you know being an aggressor i suppose so yeah you know if your horse got a little hard eye or something you could you could clap your hands or something and they go oh what was that and then as soon as the horse softened and went what was that you just step back and go thanks i'm not going to keep pushing into your space and teach them to make a little change when they have that hard expression but yeah if you if you try those two things and work with them you should be able to get somewhere with with him next question mark is from ivan Ivan has an ex-harness racer who's fine in the arena when the other horses are cantering or trotting around him. But on the trail, if one is jigging or trotting ahead or coming up from behind faster than a walk, he gets pretty hot. Wants to rush forward and he's pretty, he leans on the beat a bit and wants to keep going. He can stop him. He can do a cowboy stop where he grabs the mane and says, whoa. Um, but have you got any, <laughs> idea, have you got any ideas uh, on how to help him and Ivan? Yeah, um, Ivan, um, it's the, the, I guess any racing horse that's come out of that in, industry, whether it be harness racing or, or just normal racing, um, you know, I guess sometimes we all see horses at the races and go, oh, look, look at them having fun running. But sometimes it's just a very stressful environment where the horse, every race is like, it's like sort of running away from a tiger. It's just running and and you know with all the other things and, and a lot of them don't get the solid education of trust in people because they're sort of you know in a lot of things i see those horses have been bred as tools to um not even to do a job it's just a, a pleasure tool where, where people gamble on i suppose so so as long as they win a race people are happy but they're not really worried about how the horse feels throughout its its uh, career as a racehorse so a lot of racehorses um, feel very bad and you've heard of post-traumatic stress syndrome in people and you know that old um you know there's a few songs out there that you know i think one of them was a jimmy barnes song but anyway you know when they hear choppers you know it doesn't matter if it's a just a just a news helicopter you know all of a sudden they they go into this place of when they're in vietnam or something like that so that's sort of like a it's like the noise of the helicopter puts the person back into that place their bad place because basically they were under a lot of uh like a high adrenaline for exposed to that for for too long 
and that's what happens to the horses so every time they get in like a an environment where there's all these horses in a line going zoom in ahead all of a sudden the horse goes back into like harness racing stress that was my bad place and and it tips them over the edge and basically their anxiety goes up and they they start to disconnect and just just go back into that bad place um with harness horses and any race horses you've got to have your tools working really really well and to to guide to to, to be a you know to judge that your tools are going well basically when you're backing a horse when you're steering a horse the horse has not just got to be robotic about it it's got to be thinking about it so when you're training your horse and you're riding it and things like that when you when you when you stop and back up back your horse till you see the horse emotionally stop thinking forward come back and soften and 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 you'll feel the brace go out of the body as the brace goes out of the mind and then you release and and relax there and and in your training whether you're steering backing you've got to take that approach that you've seen a thought change in your horse and the horse is kind of acknowledged until when you pick up on the reins or you shift in your seat or you do anything you see that horse thinking about what you're doing and and happy to do that and that takes a fair bit of time but that's just basically commitment and a lot of consistency and uh, um, a, a, a certainly a lot of awareness of your horse that they're making a thought change every time you do something with them so that on its own will help when your horse is out later because every time and, and you, you touch a rein or something the horse got so used to bringing its thoughts back to you because most of those race horses have only just gone their thoughts have been somewhere else and they've just been kind of moving away from pressure but quite roughly so when the stress is up and their thoughts always been out there anyway when the stress is down then they just get stronger at wanting to go towards their thoughts so that's why everything you're doing is just making a clear thought change but also making the horse feel better about it and you've got to just about do that so many times that you can guarantee every time you pick up a rein or do something your horse is going yep i'm with you so when you go back to that environment because you've had you've had this like neurological pathway with all your aids that says come back to me change your thought the horses that's become a new habit for your horse to redirect his thoughts to what you were asking it to do so then that the reins whatever you're asking has more power when the horse goes back into that bad place because you've already been because because i would guarantee most of those racehorses that, that that pathway when they're quiet is not even there let alone when they're when they're when they're really anxious so once you tap into that then basically it'll get easier but the thing with, with them is don't especially a horse that's been in the racing industry for a while or even ones that just didn't cope with it even if they've only been in it a short time is don't take them out on long rides for too long and keep them stressed you're better off doing a weaning them into trail riding going out with one or two horses and just working on all those soft thought changes and then letting the horse just relax and feel comfortable in a group and then building because it's it's just like putting someone that's really you know suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome into a really stressful environment and just hoping you can help them you're better off giving them you know that's why we have rehabilitation you know in hospitals for whether you've broken a leg or you know you, you've had something mentally happen there's a lot of rehabilitation and, and, and it's the same with horses you have to have some sort of process that you can help them with that's um, a little bit more you know gradual so you know trail ride go out on a little ride bring your horse out bring it home safe um, and then 
eventually the horse just thinks, oh, this is the new norm, is it? I'm not, I don't go back to that, that place of, of stress and, and you'll have some success. Yeah, good luck though. It's always nice to see people trying to help out the horses that, you know, got the raw end of the deal. Yeah, good on you. Um, Mark, the next question is from Jakara. Jakara's been working with um, improving her horse's comfort and understanding with the saddle blanket. And she's been going back through and um, she's been, uh, you and her have been regularly talking about just building this up step by step. Um, and she's just giving you the next um, stage of where she's up to. Um, it is going really well. She's taking the pressure off um, and she's um, now got to the point where she's asking him to walk and she's putting the blanket on and off. But he just keeps walking. He doesn't stop. And when she asks him to stop, he's super heavy. And then when she tries again, it's, he tries to walk off again. So it's like he's a robot and he's really no longer thinking. She's not 100% confident that she's doing it correctly due to this reaction. Um, have you got any suggestions, please? Yeah, Dakar, I think you're doing it um, more than 50% correctly because you're making progress and you're probably doing it more correctly than you realise. Um, it's just that, you know, the, the level of, you know, your horses, you know, where, where you know, if what the depth of what they've been trained, if it's bad training, can be, can be quite deep. So bad foundations are bad foundation and, you know, you could have 10 metres of concrete in the ground, but if it's not good concrete, it's still 10 metres you've got to pull out. It doesn't mean it's going to hold a building up, okay? Um, and, and so basically you're, you're, you're sort of um, digging into an old foundation that's, that's fractured and broken and the horse is troubled. But what you've got to look at is you're undoing what the horse is... Um, what someone else has done so you've got to be careful you don't get hard on yourself and say well i'm not sure i'm doing it right because undoing is is is, is hard and your horse is carrying troubles the fact that you're making progress each time and each time you make progress there's progress but there's also sort of another problem in there that you're thinking what's happening here well, that's just him and that's just the things you're going to have to deal with it's not like a clean slate of this bright-eyed bushy-tailed horse that goes hello jacara help me what can we do today um you, you got a horse that you know, it's got you know deeper things going on in there. So, but anyway, back back to where you're going. So, so that's that's a common thing that you get to that stage that they can walk and, and handle a saddle blanket, but then they just kind of go into mechanical. That's where you have got to be a little bit more structured. It's pretty simple. The answer is pretty simple in the sense that what well what, what's your horse a little bit harder when when he's making all those decisions? You know, when you're asking him to walk past you and things like that. And basically, what's happening is he's he's still got a bit of a bypass. I'm going to bypass that emotionally and just think ahead and go because that's that's his thing. He just kind of goes off with his thoughts. That's why he's always been heavy and he spooks out a bit because he's kind of somewhere else. So things sneak up and frighten him. So basically, as soon as you see him getting a strong thought forward and he's going to sort of, that's when you catch him and say, stop, back up, come forward a little, back up a little, soften a little, and you'll stay with him until he stops you know, driving his thoughts out there and he comes back and goes, yeah, I'm here, right, Ajakawa. And then you might just stop with him and just let him have a little decompression time that he can sort of go, oh, right, oh, that was, that, you know, I, I followed her feel. I, I, she took my thoughts from out over there, my, my rail roading. And, and the last question about the standard, but the, the harness racing horses are much the same. They just start to rail road. So, um, and then you'll still have a saddle blanket lesson in there, but you might just stop and let him decompress then just softly rub him with the saddle blanket while he stands there 
and just take it away, give them a little bit of time to think about that and then start again. So um, so for the horses that sort of just, you know, sometimes with, with, with those ones like your horse, you know, movement, and as I said, you've got to, first he was freezing, remember that. So the problem you had was him freezing and then rushing forward. Now you've got the freeze out of him, but he's still got that forward rush and bypassing. Um, well, he's not thinking about it by bypassing his thoughts to just going over there somewhere. So um, you, you've got to try and um, change that, get him to come back into the land of the living, soften, and then ask him to walk again. So you had a still horse that was frozen, only wanting to escape when he got nervous. Now you've got a horse that's getting used to moving and understanding things and getting better at it, but he's still still throwing his thoughts too far when it gets a bit too much or the position's too far back or something like that. So now you've got to work on going back to getting him to stand and soften, but before you stand and soften, follow a feel till he's with, with, with the feel and your idea. Soften with him and then ask him to walk again so you can take that strong forward thought, redirect it back into a I'm centered here thought, and then go back. So now you're going back to a little bit more standing now. Okay, so, so just remember where you started. You had a frozen horse. Now you've got a free horse, but his thoughts are too far ahead. So all you've got to do is bring those thoughts back, let him feel good about that. So that's where you get more soft stand and then go again and just bring the balance back again. So, so you're just pulling that balance back together all the time. So one of the old sayings, you know, that I heard in horsemanship was feel timing and balance. And everyone's heard that thrown around, you know, so many times. Well, balance is the key. It's the, it's the balance is like the yin and the yang of everything. It's like the scales of, of weight, they have to be balanced. You know, if you do too much of this, then you're gonna have this happen. And then if you have, then you gotta weight that back up to here. And that's, I think, where you're at and, 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 and that's, that's good, you're still making progress. It's just hard. the hardest thing is keeping the balance right the whole way. Okay, and the last question for now is from Sue. Um, Sue has a 15-year-old thoroughbred who's lovely to handle, but at times he gets spooked when he's tied up on something, which is, and this, I think this, she's saying the spook is unexplainable. Might be shadows moving, he's not partial to a moving hose, he, but he's not scared of general farm noises. Um, and she has noticed that the behaviour gets worse when he's being fed. Does she need to teach him to respect or trust the lead rope? Yes. Yeah, it sounds like you're already um, on the on the right track in your thinking in the question, should I get him to trust and respect the lead rope? Firstly, trust the lead rope. Respect is like... Well, sometimes I would call respect just a, a horse. Instead of using respect as the word, I'd, I'd use understand. So, you know, the, our, our old business, um, when we first started Equine Ability, um, it was trust through understanding. And, and I think that's kind of a powerful saying in itself. There's two levels of trust through understanding. One is um, the horse trusts us from understanding us but the horse trusts us from their, us understanding them, okay? So that's the way I'd take that saying. So understanding is like education. It understands education. If a horse truly understands education, it trusts education, which means it feels good in education. An obedient horse that doesn't have a, a good trust and understanding about education has fractured moments, and, and that could be a horse leads, but when it's tied up, it gets anxious. And that's because it doesn't like the pressure 
but it's always avoided the pressure so that's why it's always made itself look like it's leading because it's going I'm avoiding the pressure I'm avoiding the pressure and that your horse is probably one of those horses that maybe when it's been tied up at some stage has had a bit of a spook and then it's hit the rope and gone oh I'm so scared of that so now when you leave it tied up suddenly there's monsters in lurking around because that horse is already fractured because it's just left there not with a person because it probably trusts people more than it trusts education so when a person's around it it's probably going yeah person's around I'm okay but the person's gone and I'm with that rope again and I'm gonna have to really so then all of a sudden what's that over there what's that over there and anyone who's worried about something worries about more things okay same with a horse I think they do the same thing you know if we've had a really bad day at work we're going to come home and what's going to happen is it's like someone will ring oh geez i just don't want anyone to ring me right now you know but they're not going to have to go and see a psychologist about phone calls they just had a bad day at work so um it's not the phone that was the problem it was the day at work okay so yeah that's the way you got to see your horse i think your horse does need a lot of education in leading and um, trusting leading so you've got to bring the pressure to your horse in a way that the horse can search in pressure and a lot of the videos that I've got in leading is getting horse to find pressure find their boundaries and follow a feel opposed to just maybe leading and chasing them up with a stick or something like that um, because it takes a while for a horse to get truly comfortable in the lead and when your horse is comfortable with that lead rope and that leading then you're leaving it with a friend you're not leaving it with an enemy so if you're just leaving your horse tied up with an enemy of course it's going to jump at everything that moves but if you're leaving it with a friend, which is that lead rope and halter, it's gonna be um, a lot more comfortable, okay? Um, so the horses that paw the ground and look around usually don't lead very well. Um, not all the times, so I'm not saying is it a blank statement, It's but the better they lead, the better they tie up, okay? Uh, and the better they trust their environment their boundaries and things like that. the more trust they have in everything around them their education then they then they then they better so i think address the leading you know to a stage that you can just hold your horse short under the chin and lower its head and let it lead forward with a lowered head lift its head you know any direction it can go yep 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 and there's no brace no freeze in the feet nothing like that and go back into the tie up and just see where your horse is at and then maybe later down the track you know in a fortnight or, or a month just give you know in a question and answer send another question through you know like like jacara's been doing she's been sort of progressing a horse a little bit through the question and answers and work on the leading because it'd be nice for everyone to know the feedback you get and, you, and, and the feedback off your horse you get once you've worked on that leading and go back to tying up if it gets less spooky very good all right thank you very much for your questions everybody and um as mark says if anyone's just got comments it doesn't have to be a question if you just want to hit us with your comments about how your horse is going um with some of mark's um helpful advice we would love to hear them okay we'll see you Thank next you. time bye